know what it feels like to be ignored? <laughs> exactly, Alistair. Who said that? We all know what it's like to be ignored, don't we? One way or another, at some point in our lives, we have all been ignored. As a preacher... I don't understand why you're laughing. You've lost me now. I was going to say, as a preacher, I get to preach about these things. Nothing else. But the reality is that you can be ignored. Perhaps you have been uh, in a discussion where you've raised what you believe is a really good point, and that point has been completely and utterly ignored, as though you never even said it. Perhaps, parents, this is one that all hit right home. Parents, you've said, can you, for the last time, I'm telling you, clean your room. And oddly, when you go back upstairs, the room is still unclean. Is that just, is that just our household? No. <laughs> Thank you. I was beginning to panic then. And you become frustrated, a little bit disappointed, a little bit sad maybe. But the reality is that in one way or another, sometimes in the, the lesser menial things and sometimes in the, the real difficulties of life, we at some point can be ignored. We live in a society at present where everyone has a voice. Everyone has a voice. Now, in theory, that is great. But unfortunately, we live in a fallen world, do we not? So therefore, unfortunately, we can find ourselves in positions or scenarios where we're having to listen to this fact that somebody has a voice, even though perhaps hate speech rather than love is coming from that person. And it becomes very difficult then for us to navigate and to, to find a path through all of what's going on in society. There are, and has been in the past few hours, a huge change within the plethora of social media, as you'll be aware, I'm certain, um, that somebody has purchased one of the biggest platforms and is allowing, or is going to, so we are to understand, the option of complete and utter free speech. Now, in one sense, you'd say that sounds good. But again, we live in a fallen world, don't we? And hate can be the forefront as opposed to love. And because sometimes we are in the reality of life and the way that we live and breathe and act out life with people around us, we're talking about being ignored. Because of the realities of that, we want to just draw our minds then to what Jesus is talking about here and what we get to see a glimpse of a man who shouldn't have a voice, receive a voice, and Jesus do something incredible. In Jesus' time, in the Jewish world, this was not the case that everybody had a voice. In fact, nobody really, unless they were at the upper echelons of life, they would not have a voice at all. They couldn't say anything. They couldn't do anything. They had no influence on anybody else or anything else. And they were found, in the most part, 
if there was any kind of ailment or difficulty within that person's life, that they would be cast out. They would be ostracised from main society. And it was a reality of the times that we see here. Now, I don't think that things are very different. Now, on the outset, when you look at them, you can go, well, everybody has a voice today. Not everybody had a voice back then. But the reality is, as we see how these things pan out, that actually society hasn't really changed a great deal at all. It's just we have access to every part of it continually, 24-7. But the reality is, as we'll unlock this morning, that in fact these things are quite similar as they were then, as they are now. And actually, as we see in this account that we're going to have a look at today, is that um, even the people that would call themselves disciples of Jesus, those that were closest to Jesus, his uh, disciples and those that were in the crowd, have been guilty, in fact, not just the time here, as we'll see, but previous to this, saying, shh, you don't have a voice. They've fallen into the trap of society that they found themselves in and amongst and had tried to shush more than one time those around about who were trying to speak to Jesus or indeed come to Jesus. In our text this morning, there's a man who not only has no voice, there's a man here who in society is ostracised because he has no sight. He's blind. Yet he pushes through the social boundaries because he knows who Jesus is. He pushes through the social boundaries because he knows who Jesus is. And because he knows, because he knows, he finds healing for his soul with salvation. And he finds healing for his physical ailment with his sight. So let's have a look then at Mark chapter 10, 46 through 52. And we'll try and unlock what the word's got to say to us. Then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving uh, the city. A man, uh, sorry, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him, just be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi or teacher, I want to see. I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask as we have read your word, Father, as we look into your word, that you'd speak to us through it. Father, that you'd encourage us through your word. Father, that you'd use me this morning, that you'd speak through me. We thank you, Lord, that we see here an account of a man who seemingly had no voice whatsoever. But, Father, because he knew who you were, he was able to step from death to life. And we just pray, Lord, that you would just speak to us through this text, we pray. In Jesus' precious name, amen. So Jesus and his disciples, along with a large crowd, 
were outside the walls of Jericho. And as they approached the city, a blind man, who we know because the word tells us uh, as Bartimaeus, hears that it's Jesus of Nazareth. And he calls out to him in verse 47, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. They they can hear, it's Jesus of Nazareth, and he knows, he connects to the dots. He's obviously listened. And they say, don't they, that if a sense is lacking, that the other senses are heightened. He could hear through the noise. That's a great gift, isn't it? To be able to hear through the noise. There is so much noise in society, and it is so good to be able to hear through the noise and to find out the truth. To hear the truth. And he says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And as we've already said, the blind man is an outcast. He's just outside the city. And if you have a look in Luke, you get the same account in chapter 18. Just as you flick over the page to chapter 19, you'll see that they enter the city. And this man is right on the periphery, exactly where you would be if you had no voice. He has no influence. Nobody wants to listen to him. He can't offer anything to society as this society would see. So they deem him completely and utterly useless. And where should useless things go but outside the city? And I'm painting the picture, forgive me. But the reality is this guy is on the outskirts. He has no voice whatsoever. He's begging, he's blind, and he has no way of saying how he feels or what he needs. And then let's have a look at verse 48, because many rebuked him, the word says. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. Now, as a person of a rather loud voice, it's not the first time, and neither will it be the last time, but only this morning I was told to be quiet. Not because they don't want to hear what I've got to say, per se, But rather, Matt, you're really loud. It's half past six. (laughs) Now, I don't realise that I'm shouting, but apparently I have a gift of a rather loud voice. Gift, I hear. Thank you. But you see, we can be told, can't we? We can be told to be quiet. This man isn't told to be quiet because he's loud. He's told to be quiet because, mate, you don't have a voice. (laughs) What have you got to offer to this situation? This is... Jesus of Nazareth, his followers are with him, the crowds are with him, you just need to be quiet, don't disturb him, he's not got time for you, why would he stop and listen to you, doesn't matter what you say, just be quiet, and listen it's not the first time that the disciples have done this. They did it with the children that were brought to Jesus. Don't bother the teacher with these. And Jesus is like, whoa. (laughs) Unless you, you come like one of these, you have no part. And this man here has a heart that says, I know who Jesus is. I have listened, I have heard, and I desperately want to see. I have listened, I have heard, and I desperately want to see. And now he has an opportunity. What is he going to do? Well, they've told him to be quiet. So you should say, shh, fingers on lips, straight back to primary school, weren't you then? I lived my entire first five years like that. Yeah. 
And that is a reality as well. Listen, he says, he shouted, at the word says, he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. You know, church, when we see that, we should take encouragement from it. This guy would not be put off. You know, so often we, we don't kind of, we've had a reality over the past few years, but so often we don't ever think that something's going to stop us from doing what we need to do or want to do when it comes to worshipping the Lord. And we, we had a reality check, in essence, over the past few years that says you can't do what you want to do. And there are so many different things that then we could have filled our time with and perhaps we did fill our time with. And we're put off from following Jesus. We're put off from putting time aside. We're put off from making an effort. We're put off because there's so much other stuff to do. I mean, scrolling Instagram. We were told, weren't we? 76 days a year on our phone. Yuck. That's bad, isn't it? I had a quick check with my, uh, sorry Jack, my 12 year old the other day. We did the maths, 95 days per year. It's half term, I gave him a break. <laughs> but the reality is, there is so much that we can fill our time with. Hopefully he's on the Bible now, amen. <laughs> oh, he is. <laughs> little panic there, he's like, oh no dad, don't do that. <laughs> But in this moment, the man isn't going to be put off. Nothing's going to get in his way. Even though they say, listen, mate, you've got no voice here. Listen, be quiet. Shh. He says, no. No, no, no. He says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the remarkable part about this passage, and Kev touched on a very different passage to this a few months ago, where Jesus did exactly the same as he's about to do here, and Jesus stopped. Jesus stopped for him. In all the noise, in all the chaos, in everything that people were saying, Jesus stopped for this man. Why did he stop? Church, let me tell you he stopped for him because he was worth it. He was stopped because John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. He stopped because God is love. He stopped because he cares. He stops because this man matters. His life matters. His salvation matters. His destination matters. Jesus stopped. And he said to his disciples, bring him over. Bring that man over. And you can imagine a few of them going, which man? Didn't even hear him. You can imagine, oh, oh right, that guy. Yeah, go fetch him then. And listen now, they, they talk to him. So they call the blind man, cheer up. What? Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. And the guy's like, he's doing what? Throws off his cloak and he jumps to his feet and he came to Jesus. And now Jesus is about to do something that I'm pretty certain that the man could have had no idea was even possible. Yet, because he knew who Jesus was, because he was willing to cut through and to continue in his pursuit, because he was willing not to be put off, that he was now in a position where he was going to receive some life-changing news. 
And listen, the attitude that this man has, the attitude that this guy has, puts him in a position where he is about to see life-changing events. And that is something for us to think on. That's something for us to ponder. How is our attitude towards the Lord? Are we reading the word? Are we studying the word? Are we sharing when we have conversations with our friends, those that come to church? Are we sharing what the Lord has done? Are we excited and passionate and enthusiastic about our pursuit of him? Listen, because when we are, life-changing things can happen. And the Lord can work through us in miraculous ways, even in spite of us. Amen? He can use you and I in incredible ways, but we have to be available. We have to push through the noise in our pursuit of him. And Jesus stops for him. He calls him, and that is love in absolute action. And now then, Jesus says to him the most odd question. And I've looked at this time after time after time. Jesus says to him, what do you want me to do for you? Is that not the oddest question? The blind man says, Jesus, son of Nazareth, have mercy on me. What do you want me to do for you? And listen, the man knows who Jesus is because he doesn't go, Jesus, son of Joseph, of Mary. He goes deeper than that. He's listened. He's understood that this man in front of him is the Messiah in the line of David. And he says, Jesus, have mercy on me. He says, Rabbi, teacher, I want to see. I want to see. Is there a greater position of a person's heart that says, Lord, I want to see. Lord, I want to see. Open my eyes. Listen, we sing it very regularly at church. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see. I want to see Jesus. And the reality is that we have the opportunity, the same opportunity that this man has here, to say, Lord, have mercy on me. I want to see. I want to see. And listen, Jesus doesn't say, oh, that would be nice. Have a great day. All the best. In fact, Jesus says to him, go. Your faith has healed you. Jesus knew he knew who he was. <laughs> Jesus was absolutely certain. Go, your faith has healed you. And immediately, the word says, verse 52, immediately he received his sight. And what does he do? Listen, there is only one thing that you can do. The moment that your eyes are open, the moment that you see Jesus, there is only one reaction. I follow Jesus. Amen. I follow Jesus. And it says here that immediately received his sight and he followed Jesus along the road. You know, the account that we've seen shows us so much that, that we're to pursue Jesus in spite of the noise. That we're to listen to people for, from our point of view in society, in spite of society. We're to listen. We're to care enough. We're to love enough. Amen. We're to care and we're to love enough, to love people enough to stop and to listen, to know Jesus and who he is, because that is absolutely paramount so that then we can get to a position where our eyes are open and we can see clearly who Jesus is. And then verse 52, as we've said, 
that he followed Jesus. You know, my challenge to you, my challenge to all of us this morning is to don't give up. Do not give up. Do not give up. In our pursuit of Jesus, in our pursuit of the word, in our pursuit of becoming more Christ-like, do not give up. Do not give the enemy a victory. Amen? We stand on the word of God. Let's not be in a position where we feel like we don't have a voice. We have a saviour who is attentive. His ear is toward you. He cares enough to listen. And he wants to love and to help. Seek out Jesus and do not be put off. Jesus is able to heal our brokenness if we call out to him. And he will answer And only he alone can bring life. The challenge this morning for us is to have the same notion as what this man has. Says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you again this morning for your word. Father, for its encouragement. Father, we thank you that you have your ear towards us, that you are listening to us. Father, that you're attentive to us, that you care. Father, we thank you that as we see throughout your word that you love us, that you want the best for us. And Father, as you brought this man healing physically, yes, but Father, spiritually, we thank you that that is the case, that we can find life in and through our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we just ask this morning that if there's anybody in this place that doesn't yet know you as Lord and Saviour, that they would be in a position where they would cry out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on you me and father we know that you will do the rest so we ask lord god that you would just move that your holy spirit would move that lives might be changed and father we just bring our praise and our worship our adoration to you this morning we ask these prayers in jesus precious name amen